Welcome to a new episode of the Soccer and Fitness Show. This is Sean Spencer, the creator and host of, of the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about something that I saw. I actually saw this post on um, an Instagram account called Talent Isn't Enough. And it was it was uh, Van Dyke, which is Liverpool's centre-back. Those that are not familiar with Virgil van Dyke. He's he's one of the best sort of central defenders in in the world. Um, he just so happens to play for sort of my favourite team, uh, Liverpool. But a few months back, before Christmas, in the Liverpool derby, Liverpool versus um, Everton, the Jordan Pickford sort of they had um, a collision, and and Van Dijk got injured and ruptured his ACL. So he's got a, a long ta- long-term long injury at the moment and isn't able to play. But in December, he, he made a return to the Liverpool training grounds. Liverpool have just spent a, a load of money on, um, I think it's called the AXA training facility in, in Kirby, just outside Liverpool. Um. So today, today we're going to be we're going to be discussing a little bit about um, about the importance of, of fitness and and fitness in in soccer and football, but the stuff that isn't isn't seen because in my my sort of experience, I think I think a lot of aspiring players and a, and a lot of a lot of coaches don't don't necessarily realise the amount of sort of work that needs to go in in that aspect in order for players to to reach the next level. So we're gonna get we're gonna get into that in just a just a minute. Uh, we are recording in Houston, Texas. Those that are that are new to the channel, and today it's it's actually cold. Which is which is crazy. I think it's dropped thirty five degrees in less than twenty four hours. So, yeah, there's that, and it's also been raining. So it's, I don't know. It's quite nice for me coming from England, just having a bit of normal weather for once. But apart from that, lastly today um, seems to be a tradition when I do this. I'm I'm normally having a, a can of something. Today's no different. Drinking Carback. A Love Street Blonde, which is brewed in Texas. So those that are interested in the beer aspect of this show, there you go. But yeah, let's get into it. And here we go. All right. So, um, Everybody or anybody that's got Instagram might know that sort of second page where Instagram recommends uh, accounts for you to follow, and it and it sort of updates sort of every hour or every time you click on it. But one of the accounts that that was on there was this uh, talent isn't enough Instagram account, and normally a lot of the a lot of the soccer accounts are sort of they're okay but I'm not I'm not really that interested in it but what was interested and different about this one is the all the content is actual footage of professional soccer players all over all over Europe and then it, it sort of has the information on on what they're actually doing in the workouts which which I thought was quite interesting a little bit different to, to what you see out there um, 
there's a lot of content with Sergio Ramos, which which sort of links in well with with the Van Dyke conversation. What I wanted to have today. Uh, so the reason the reason why I want to talk about this is my experience now. Certainly, certainly in the US, I see a lot of a lot of coaches, a lot of players, and a lot of the the content that is put out by by clubs and by players is what the what the players and this is all age groups what the players are doing with with the balls so they they're normally doing little um skills sort of keep you up challenges and doing little sort of dribbling in and out of cones and passing and all all this type of stuff tricks flicks all the good stuff with with the um, with the soccer ball and that that's all well and good and I don't doubt that you need plenty of touches on the ball, uh, but I I sort of feel as though that the players that are competent with the ball, by certainly from sort of 10, 11, 12 upwards, they they are a certain level of, of player already because a lot of that sort of work should come in the in the sort of the golden years of of, of learning. Um and when I was my time at Manchester United, they they sort of did a lot of stuff on this, where the the kids would come in at four years old, and they they would have this sort of golden two or three years, so four year olds, five year olds, six year olds, and basically the the sort of the the neurons in your brain, the pathways, they would they would be super super fired when you're that age so anything that you sort of show them the, the the kids could pick up straight away so that was the sort of the age that certainly manchester united i know a few other clubs do do the same philosophy this is where they'll get that um technical side of of the game so they're doing they're doing skills and drills and and all that stuff and then normally when the kid gets to to Eight or nine, that's when they'll sign for the academies. Nine, uh, I think it's the legal age in, in England to sign officially for an academy. So they have their pre-academy, which from four years old to, to eight. And then if they're good enough, then they'll they'll sign for the actual academy. And within the academy, then that's when they get put into uh, teams and work their way up to 16. When they're 16, they'll then go and play for the youth team if they pass the youth team, which is normally sort of 18 and down or 19 and down. And then uh, from there, they'll go to the under 21s or under 23s. And, and then obviously the, the first team and reserve team. And depending on how good the player is, will depend on when they get that chance to, to sort of make the move up. Um, So a lot of the kids and using Manchester United as an example, will get them highly detailed sort of skills, tricks, the technical detail really, really early on. And then when they're, when they're sort of 9, 10, the, de- the development starts to change. That's when they start to link the players with with other players and, and get them sort of looking at more decision-making type stuff. And again, this might be a, an oversimplification because if I, if I really go into it, then like, this podcast just is never going to end and I'm not going to get to the point that I want to make. Um, 
so when they're nine, ten, eleven, then they're starting to to teach teach them how to how to play with other players, like overlapping runs, supporting as a as, as a defender, and and all that good stuff. And and basically that that builds out. They get to fourteen, and then they start to introduce like more the competitive element of the game, um, sort of like that training to to win element. And then when they when they get into the 15, 16, 17, that's when the concentration goes a little bit more on the tactical side and 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 winning. So do they always use use the ball and and, and keep all that good stuff up? Yeah, but the the majority of the work in terms of them learning new things is done in them really early ages. So. The thing is now what I what I see over here is that that sort of four or five year old um, element that then evolves in England doesn't sort of change in America. They keep they keep going over the, the, the sort of the technical side. Now what I've what I've seen with with that is there's a sort of um, a neglect to of, of the more the physical side of what's needed in in the game now I'm not suggesting that a, a 10 11 a 12 year old is, is starts doing um lifting really heavy weights and and doing a load of crazy stuff but what should be starting to happen and again Manchester United and teams like that are, are very similar um they start to do like proprioception stuff where the with the they were having to like balance on a, an unstable surface on one leg, and they might have to kick the ball back, but they're stood on one leg um, on the the mini trampoline, and just little sort of elements like that. And then even with the the strength and conditioning side, they'll they'll start to work with the technique um, so that when when they get a little bit older, then they're able to to load the load the weight. Now I know the ironic thing is, like in America, I feel as though they're highly advanced in the physical side, but that is more with the basketball guys and the American football. Um, I don't know a great deal about about the baseball side, but certainly what I've seen with the basketball and um, and American football. That that seems certainly seems to be the case, and and you can see that with a lot of the sort of high school and um, college college gyms over here. They're, they're sort of incredible. So moving on from there. So taking everything that I've just taken in. In, into account what i see sort of happening now is when the player is is told to go and work on on his sort of development they then tend to just presume that it's all with the ball that they need to they need to keep working on the technical side my my argument with with that is is again the the improvements that a player is going going to be able to make certainly with the older age groups is very very limited because all that work should have been done when you're younger. Now, can they improve? Yes, absolutely. 
Um, and and you also need to keep going over them sort of them neural pathways to to because you're going to be growing and all your body starts to get out of sync and and all that stuff. But one element that that is then missed is is this complete whole side of fitness and that that runs into different elements with like i just said mobility strength and conditioning and the cardio side and the um power speed agility quickness and what you see i think what what players and what coaches see on on a weekend is they'll see virgil van dyke playing at center back and they'll see like Sergio Ramos like coming up for a corner and scoring, and and they see Ronaldo, and they see like the the skills that they that they do, or the free kicks. Certainly with Ronaldo, with that sort of knuckleball technique. But what they've they're completely missing, and again, this isn't everybody. This is just sort of what I've experienced. And it seems to be sort of like a bit of a trend. Is no, not many people are willing to do what these players do behind the scenes and i think a big part of it is like it's not well advertised you you see the players on the weekend um and in the week and you see them score the goals and stuff like that but you you very rarely see the insight into into the uh, the gym so phil foden phil foden is a young really young player who's playing for man city and an England, and he's now he he actually scored against Liverpool at the weekend. Um, magnificent player, and ironically, there's there's the sort of this sense that Phil Foden is like a weaker player, and his like strength isn't particularly great, and he's also like one of the slower players. But what people don't don't realise with like Phil Foden, he's he's actually like last season he was the fifth quickest player in the Premier League and and there's there's plenty of stuff to show exactly what he's doing strength-wise with Man City. He has like superb technique um, but because they don't see this like big muscular guy, they, they, they don't think he's, he's doing that. And then like with Van Dijk now, everybody when they watch him play are, are all in awe of, of how good he is and and what what a great player is and his decision making and all that stuff, which which is true, but nobody's seeing what he's what he's doing like today, for instance. So, um, just to give you an example of of his workout, so he's been he's been doing a lot of training on uh, it's called a Watt bike, W A um, Watt bike, and it's a stationary bike. And basically, it measures your your sort of power and your output and 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 all that good stuff. So it's pretty much the basic stationary bike that you sim, but it's more an expensive one. Uh, but for instance, I'll just go through what what he did. So he did two thousand meters, then rest sixty seconds, and then he repeated that four times. So ten thousand meters total distance, and his aim was um, two minutes and forty five seconds to three minutes and 15 seconds for the 2000 so that that were his like sort of reps that he was doing uh he set sorry then then he went into um 
100 meters, 20 seconds rest, 200 meters, 20 seconds rest, 300 meters, 20 seconds, 420, 520, 620, and then 520, 400, 300, 200, and then 100, and then a rest. Um, so a ladder of increasing and decreasing distances with um, rest of 20 seconds. So the, like the big thing with that, is your heart rate's going up and then you've got to recover quickly. So if you're a soccer player, it's just like making a sprint and then you're having to recover quickly so you can make the same sprint. Then finally, it went into 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, complete four rounds, four minutes, and then 15 seconds on, 15 seconds off, complete eight rounds, four minutes, and then 20 on, 10 seconds off, complete eight rounds, four minutes and then record total distance um, that he did on on the bike so again it's not it's not fancy and it's it's hard work and there's also no ball in involved with that um and again there's there's a lot of stuff that Sergio Ramos is is doing which is very sort of very similar uh, but obviously he he's able to do a bit more on on the field in terms of running side where where Van Dyke's having to be careful with the load on his ACL injury. So I I I think it's it's interesting and my my advice there is everybody seems to be doing doing the same the same thing and focusing on the same thing so try and be smart again whether you're a player or whether you're a coach um of what actually is needed to to sort of move to the next level and again i can't stress this enough the the sort of the number one thing that i see is is the fitness side because it is it's just neglected for a whole host of of reasons but again that's what that's what's going to take you to the next level and i i actually had a, a a conversation with a friend who worked at manchester united when when i was there um and he was saying that like when if they're taking a player in at any age like that player has to be like one of the top three fittest players to to get a look at like they're not bothered if you're just fit enough. You you have to stand out to be signed. Otherwise, they're just gonna they're gonna trust and keep what they've already got. So you need to be already at that that mark and and above. And uh, and and then finally, I'm gonna sort of end on this one. Um, a great example of of a of a player that will say himself and he, he sort of says it in his in his book with with limited ability was was Vinnie Jones. Most people know Vinnie Jones now as as an actor, but in his in his early days he was sort of a, an amateur soccer player in, in England, had a job and everything, and then got a chance got a chance with Wimbledon in a sort of unique team and it's it's a crazy sort of story, but um, not to not to digress too much, but he his whole thing and the reason why he got to where he got was was hard work. He he always said like he could never sort of compete uh, the soccer side of things with with certain players, but 
he knew he could be the fittest. So if ever they were doing pre-season, he would be number one. If ever they were doing sort of any sort of sprints or any long distance running or anything like that, he would he would make sure he was he was number one. And um, again, he he had a he had a very good career off being hard working, no nonsense, and and getting on with it. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there. Uh, but again, that um, Instagram account. It just sort of like sparked something that I was already thinking anyway, and it was a it's a good sort of starting point. But there's plenty sort of good content on there from from sort of players that working hard doing stuff that you wouldn't actually think that they would be doing. So that's yeah, that's it. Put in the work, put in the work, put in the work. Right. Um, that is the end of episode 12 of the podcast. We're on to um, Thursday here at the moment in February. I can't believe we're halfway through February already, but I'm enjoying I'm enjoying doing these, so I, I hope they're okay. I'm new to the, the sort of the podcast game. I've been doing YouTube for, for a few years now, and it's it sort of took me that long to, to sort of figure that, that platform out. So now I'm on to a new platform. But it's good. It's good for me to um, just—I don't know—just share my sort of experiences, really. And then, and then, coaches, players, people take it or leave it. But it's out there, then, isn't it? Right. Have a good day wherever you're listening to this. Um, yeah, you can find me over on Resolute Fitness Challenge on Instagram. And YouTube is, I think it's the same thing, Resolute Fitness. So you can you can find me on there. And I'm also co-owner of Atti Athletic, A-T-H-I Athletic, which is a, a soccer development and sports management agency. So, okay, we will be back. I think I'm going to do a podcast soon on, on a challenge that I'm, I'm going to be doing, a David Goggins challenge, but I'm going to, I think I'm going to do it in a way where I'm sort of talking and discussing about about David Goggins because he's a pretty inspirational person, motivated person, and 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 it might help people at the moment, certainly with with COVID because it's um, if it hasn't already been tough, it's getting it's getting tough now and uh, frustrating for people. So I think I think that might be a good good topic to do. And like I said, I, I'm gonna be doing one of his challenges in in March. So I'm gonna I'll talk about that a little bit as well. Okay, thanks for listening and I'll be back soon. <laughs>